folks. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rada McBerto. Well, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. Hey, let me ask you something, guys. Isn't it great to see a serious person representing the United States of America on a national scale, whether you believe what they believe or not, but just to have somebody representing you that you know have some intellect that you know has some intelligence, that you know knows their stuff, and are not just a privileged person who has a position just because of who they are and what they have. Isn't it a thing of beauty? You know, uh, I just saying, I watched the entire thing this morning and just watched Competence in Action. Competence in action. You don't have to like Biden. You don't have to be a supporter of Democrats. But you just have to be an American and say, my God, look at the representation that we currently have on the national scale. I can say I'm happy. Bridge MCP. Yes, not a clown. I agree with you. Bridge MCP. Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. As well as my brother, E2247, Sophia Williams, hello. Uh, Deborah Jean de LA, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Let's go ahead and, you know, hey, guys, you know that Rudnan starts us out very well, right? So Rudnan does his initial research. He says, Egberto, please pick and choose from whichever ones you want to read out. But if you're going to look it up, I'm going to read it out as quick as I can. All right, by, let, let's see, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm about to go way over my usual six limit today. I'm going to have to come to New York and slow you down, brother. As all but this is the last one. Okay, let's go ahead. Predicting the future, Egberto, please put this on the screen. At least, okay, let's, oh, I can, I can put that on the screen for you. I'll put it on the screen while I read your stuff. I think that is fair, don't you think? There you go. That's what Rudnan wants to get on the screen. All right, Michael Redden says, we're entering the second gilded age. Egberto, mind putting the second one up on the screen? Jesus Christ, Michael. All right, I will. But let's read the other ones here. Uh, Gabriel's billionaires reaching 20% of GDP. Imagine that. Billionaire wealth reaching 20% of GDP. Risk of overheating? No, it's risk of not economic collapse. It's risk of... Uh, Creating dissension, that's what it's all about. Michael Rudden also says, there's a pattern of wealth transfer, Egberto III and La... <laughs> oh, God. You're taking over my show, brother. All right, let's see. Sweden's billionaire booms uh, sparks pandemic tax dilemma. I'm surprised about Sweden being on this chart above. All right, I'm going to put your charts up uh, one by one for you. I think, uh, look, that you found those things. I think people... I think our income inequality and that sort of stuff is a very important subject. I really do. So uh, there's his first one. I think you guys have seen it by now. Here is his second one, uh, which I think it's a good one. Wealth of the top 400 Americans uh, as a fraction of GDP. And he says by May 1st, 21st, it reached almost 20%. That's an important chart to miss. And if you take a look at when the dips have occurred, we know all those incidences where the dips have actually occurred. And the other one that he wants to put up, Michael Rudnan, that is, I don't see. Okay, that's you actually brought that from Twitter. Uh, let's see the other one that you'd like to see. Uh, para ver, para ver. 
The rise of income and wealth inequality in America, evidence from distribution macroeconomics. That's actually a PDF show. Hey, guys, take a look at all the links that Rudnan has placed in the uh, feed today. They're very in- informational. And luckily, today that's on our subject as well from a, from a point, a uh, thing that I'm doing from, uh, uh, if we get to it, that is. Okay, let's continue. Uh, para ver, Vermont drops all uh, leaked data reveals tax code rigged towards the rich. You think? We spoke about that a couple days ago. Vermont drops all COVID restrictions as first state to reach 80% vaccination. That is a great accomplishment for them. I hope the rest of the nation catches up and reaches herd immunity by vaccination so that we can finally put this pandemic behind us while we wait. The hesitant overwork, there's the matter of disturbing the excess, ensuring enough vaccination doses for the rest of the world. And that's the magic. We won't get over this until the rest of the world does. Because if the rest of the world continues in the pandemic stage, what it means is that the virus will mutate and eventually, uh, likely, our vaccines will no longer give us immunity to that. To that. And again, we'll have to go ahead and go back to the drawing board. And if we have to be revaccinated, etc., at some time, well, you know, we need, to, we need to save the world. Greta Thunberg made fun of uh, world leaders for prioritizing steak and lobster over global climate crisis. Thus far, those summits have been a colossal waste of time, offering lip service to an existential threat that they are barely addressed. We've got about five years to start building infrastructure to get us to 100% renewables by 2030. Our global warming is out of our hands. Time's almost up. The climate... Uh, yeah, you know, uh, there's a guy that's been contacting me about climate change. He wants to be on the program. I'll see if I can get him onto the program. Uh, continue reading that. Angry Texans lashed out at ERCOT after residents asked to reduce electric use amid heat wave. We did that yesterday. Texas Power Grid has a lot of problems this year after the winterization debacle. The United States uh, Southwest, including Texas, are also likely to have 100-degree heat waves soon. Anyone without working air conditioner will be in trouble. And you know what's so funny about it? They still refuse to pass laws to put us back on the national grid. Ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. Julie Van Asdel, I didn't get a notification today. Please go ahead and, and make sure that you have it turned on. But sometimes YouTube gets iffy with notifications. E2247, my brother, 61621, new press release. Hearing on January 6th insurrection, read it on the U.S. House. House Oversight Reform Committee. I see you. All right, let's see. House Oversight full hearing video and documents. Thank you for providing that information, E2247. You're a good man. Continuing to read my peeps. E2247 says Garland is acting like Mueller did, doing nothing that might hurt the institution of the DOJ, the presidency, enough cover-ups. I'm I'm still holding back E2247. I don't want to really get on uh, I don't want to get on his case yet. But somehow it is starting to get to me uh what you're saying there that uh, you know why aren't they doing more? I'm with you there. I'm with you there. All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what else we got here for AVQ. Anyone who can't read text on the bottom left, be sure to wash your hands and it'll be well. Uh, if if they come clean, plainly saying, this is from E2247, if they come clean, plainly saying every 10 minutes the word corruption uh, in reference to 45 administration of his, trans, uh, of his transnational crime syndicate masquerading as a government. Actually, uh, uh, Tom Hartman wrote a piece about us using the word corruption more to reference anything on the right, which is true because most of the stuff on the right right now has to do with corruption. 
Uh, British MCP gave us a little news report. Take a look at it. Uh, let's see. New York lifts virtually all coronavirus restrictions. Thank you for that. And let's see. Sophia Williams says, it's sad to me how McConnell got mad because someone leaked that billionaires don't pay taxes wanting to prosecute that person that leaked it. I know you should be mad that they're not paying taxes, right, Sophia? Exactly right. Okay, let's see. Exactly. Coming back. Okay, I need to get started. So let me see what else I've got to read here. Egberto, what do you think about the bipartisan Juneteenth law passed? Oh, they passed that law because they were scared if they didn't pass it, the names they would be called. But anyhow, let's go to our first video. Our first video is about Biden schooling reporters. You know, reporters want him to have a meeting with, and, and, and other people want him to have a meeting with these foreign uh, dignitaries and, and Putin or whatever. And they act as if Biden can say, you do what I say, and if you don't do what I say, I'll throw a bomb on you or something like that. That's not how diplomacy works because we don't have the wherewithal to do it. And secondly, Americans don't want to do it anyway. You know, we can talk about, oh, get tough with, with, Biden, with, with Putin. Exactly what does getting tough with Putin means? Check out Biden. I, watch how he schooled the reporter here. Look, guys. I know we make foreign policy out to be this great, great skill that somehow is sort of like a, a secret code. All foreign policies is a logical extension of personal relationships. It's the way human nature functions. And understand, when you run a country that does not abide by international norms, and yet you need those international norms to be somehow managed so that you can participate in the benefits that flow from them, it hurts you. That's not a satisfying answer. Biden said he'd invade Russia. You know, it's not, you know. by the way, that was a joke. That's not true. But my generic point is, it is, it is, is more complicated than that. I, th I think it is so important for people to get that. You know, he made a joke. Oh, Biden said he's going to invade Russia. Because that is how silly it is when reporters get out there and start saying, did you get tough on Russia? Why don't you get tough on Putin? Putin did all these bad things. Why don't you get real tough on him? Okay, let's get tough on Putin. What would you suggest that I do? What would Americans want me to do? Would you want me to go ahead and launch a missile into, into Russia? Would you like me to provoke a possibility of World War II? What we're doing is sanctions. The sanction work? Most of the times they do not. But it inflicts some sort of pain that does modulate behavior. Uh, we take you out of the G8 to make it back to the G7. Did that help? Not all that much. Uh, Putin is a insipid person looking for attention. Just like Donald Trump was an insipid person looking for attention. They are in the same boat together. We elected one and they elected another. Let's remember that. So what Biden did there was very important to point out, okay, good, you want me to get tough. You want me to come and say, oh, I'm going to blow up Russia. That's not what you're saying. We are doing the best we can. It's called diplomacy without war. And that is what most Americans ultimately want. Now, this other piece is also important because uh, what got to me with this report, and, and I just, uh, when I posted it at, at, uh, at um, Daily Coast, they told me, hey, did you know that reporter was a CNN reporter? And I'm like, you got to be kidding. I, I could swear that was a Fox News reporter. Because 
the, the, the reporter asked Biden, hey, Biden, why are you so confident this is going to work? Biden says, who told? I didn't say that. Where, did, where the hell did you hear that? I never said I was confident it's going to work. And then the reporter repeats what he said. And what he actually said was, in fact, hell, I don't know. I'm not confident about this at all. Uh, we'll see in three to six months. That is what Biden said. The reporter repeated what Biden said. But still, what she asked him showed that what she was doing was Fox News-like reporting. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Biden justifiably ridiculed a reporter at the end of his uh, press conference. He turned back around after she called out and asked him, why are you so sure that this is going to work for you? Why are you so confident that uh, El Señor Putin is going to do what he said? And he said, you didn't hear me say that. That's not what I said. Then he corrected himself, and the reporter insisted on uh, showing her 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 inability to understand foreign policy. What is Biden going to do? I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to. I mean, it is. It just shows you the level of uh, the, the the silliness that the reporting base has become. I want you to listen to this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Some may go ahead and uh, give Biden a hard time for this particular response. Look, we need to give Biden a hard time for many other things. But in this case, the way he handled this foreign policy uh, thing with Putin thus far, I don't think it could have gone any better. I, and, I, and it didn't go badly at all. Uh, what many reporters seem to want is for him to say, Putin, you are going to do what I tell you to do, and if you don't do what I tell you to do, then what? There's not a damn thing you're going to do. So it's important for you to understand that what he says actually is fact. If, if we don't like something that you do, we are going to try to find a way to, pre uh, to pressure you, absent some sort of uh, action that would otherwise be irreversible. Sometimes the press corps really, really gets you thinking, uh, did they really go to school? And his last answer to her is, uh, if you have to ask me this question, <laughs> then you don't know what you're talking about. And again, I wrote it down here uh, because, you know, here's what the reporter says. When he says, who said that? I didn't say that. And she, here's what she then said. She says, uh, she says, uh, let's see, I wrote it down here. I said, look, it's, no, here, the reporter continued to show her incompetence. Given that this past behavior, no, no, okay, this is what she said. You said in the next six months, the reporter replied, you will be able to determine. Yes, I didn't, that doesn't say I am confident something that's going to happen. That says I don't know. And 
in the next three to six months, we'll see. How did you get, uh, what makes you so confident? The reporter made, uh, the, the reporter was silly, and it's a CNN reporter. From what I hear at, at Daily Coast after I posted it, she should be ashamed of herself. You leave that kind of reporting to Fox News. You leave that kind of reporting to the ones that have the notoriety of being always wrong, of being liars, of being misinformers, of creating many of the ills of the right wing. That is who you leave that for. Whew. That one really got to me, folks. But anyhow, yesterday I was supposed to play the, the, the thing that I did with, uh, with uh, Like It or Not with the um, uh, ben, Benjamin Dixon show. I'm going to do that right now, and then we'll take it on the other side. So let's get busy. Let's go ahead and dive right in to Egberto. Buenos dias. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? I Good tell you, morning, you, sir. Hey, you woke me up, DJX. <laughs> man, let me tell you, you woke me up with some good jams, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much. You know, I, I kind of got up early, said I'm going to listen in, and started listening, and it was great music. Thanks, man. How Thank you guys you, sir. Do? I appreciate that. We're well, doing you know, really well. We're doing really well. How you do, Egberto? How are you? How well, are you? I have to start by saying good morning, Rebecca Orzor. How you doing? You remember <laughs> last time? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. And, and of course, Benjamin. How you doing, Ben? I'm doing great, sir. I'm trying to check and see how are you broadcasting to us. You got your books on the screen. You Listen, got right. like you, you got the technology on lock, man. What, what, what is this? Wirecast. Wirecast broadcast, man. So I said, you know, since I'm 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 coming on the real show, I needed to kind of make sure that I was uh, all set up the right way, you know. I love it. No, I'm getting I'm getting ideas, but it's great to see you, man. It's always good to have you here, and uh, I like to pair you with Rebecca because y'all can do those R's. I can't. Rub the thump thump. That's all I got. I tell you, from the last show, that was the 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 that outtake between you and Rebecca. That was like the bomb because that's what every people didn't care what I said. They just loved that interaction you guys had afterwards. Oh. Yes. No, they love what you said, of course, Egberto. You like you come on here and you make sure that uh you 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 give us politics done right, yeah. you know, yeah. uh which is what your show is named Politics Done Right. Um I know most recently, you know, we've been we've been uh discussing Joe Biden here on the show, mm -hmm. right? And there are a few things that he's touched on. Uh there's been COVID-19, there's been our uh uh, uh there's been our education system when it comes to our student loans. Mm. Uh, and most recently you discussed something about uh, on your, your page, you were talking about his international um, ideals and what he wants to do with that. So what is your stance on that? I know that you had uh, a little bit of pushback for him. Yeah, well, two things, right? First of all, um, I, I'm going to start by saying uh, I, what I, the blog that I did yesterday was a simple blog. A guy asked him, hey, are you guys going to stop the, same, the policies that Donald Trump had involved, meaning the tariffs and all that sort of thing. And he went to the mic and he said, uh, I've, I've been here 120 days, really 144. But, you know, that's close enough for government work. I'm here 120 days. Give me time. Normally, uh, when a, a moderate says something like that, <laughs> give me more time generally mm -hmm. means it ain't going to happen. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I think... 
for now, Biden has earned some brownie points given the American Rescue Plan, how powerful it is. I was reading something last night that said uh, that the American Rescue Plan is starting to look like genius because it was so big, even if he doesn't get the, the things that he want to get, all the things that he want to get in the, uh, the, the, the new bills, the American Jobs Plan, wow, we had a very good start. And, uh, you know, he kind of uh, gave some bona fides to the, to the progressive side. Now, I am the type that says we're going to have to continue to pressure on very hard because, you know, the squeaky wheels get the grease. Mm, but, uh, yeah. but as far as, um, as, far as <clears throat> giving him a few, a few weeks, I say progressive <laughs> base, let's give him not a few months. Let's give him a few weeks. A few weeks. I mean, you're being generous because I'll say this, you know, since they've been in office, um, you know, it's been every time we say, uh, you know, when is he, they gave us the date when they first got on. Right. They said yes. this amount of time, this amount of time. Yes. And, mm. it, you know, so they gave us that expectation. Right. So then we held them accountable. It was like, hey, hey, hey. Don't forget, I just walked in here, okay? And then they're like, okay, give me a few more weeks. And we give them a few more weeks. And it's like, every time we say we're going to give a few more weeks, what happens? They say, give me a few more weeks. Like, hey, I'm new. I'm brand new. Look, I just walked into the White House. I just took the seat. Give me some, cut me some slack here, you know? But so. Rebecca, you're, first of all, let me just say, you're right. You you should not, you know, I can say as, you know, the, the, this guy that tries to put all these things together. Yeah, let's give him a few more weeks. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not going to come on the uh, Benjamin Dixon and Rebecca Azar show and say, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, you guys stop talking about forcing oh, no. his hand. You yeah. have to keep forcing his hands yeah. no matter what. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking now from the analytical portion saying, yeah. okay, uh, so far with the American Rescue Plan, you know what? That was bigger and better than I thought we could have ever gotten from him. But we, uh, those of us that are progressives, no, we're not supposed to stop telling him, okay, uh, keep doing it. And then there's there's one other thing with about uh, about it, right? I think he wants to do it. If you listen to what Bernie said last night, he's, he really wants to do it. But we have a problem. We have a problem called mansion and we have a problem called cinema. Uh, now, there was a time that I had a fear that mansion would jump ship if we were too hard on him. Right. Mm -hmm. I no longer have that fear because a friend of mine said, Egberto, you are completely wrong. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, look. If Manchin switches party, he gets a primary inside of the Republican Party, and he knows for sure that he loses because it's still Trump's party, mm. and Manchin voted twice to impeach Trump. So when I, when I kind of went back, I'm like, I think this guy is right. Manchin probably does not have a chance in the, uh, in the um, Republican Party. Of course, the possibility is... Trump could throw the wrench in and say, okay, I support Manchin if he switches yeah. party. That is a concern. That is yeah. a possibility. No, yeah. I didn't no, think about that. Hold on, Ben. Just to let you know, Egberto, you are very right, though. We have to, um, as progressives, continue to hold them accountable. Because if it ain't us, then who, right? Exactly. But I just want them to know, too. Realize, you guys, we you're taking advantage of us and everything that's going on. Nobody asked you to come in with a date, right? right? Nobody asked you to come in with the plans that you came in with, Joe Biden. Um, there are a lot of things that you put uh, on the map and everybody was so excited about. 
um, internationally, too. I mean, people in Haiti were excited to have Joe Biden here because of the things that yes. he said he was going to do for, yes. for the country. And then, you know, even they were holding him accountable. But he us right here in America were like, hey, you said this and you said this and you gave us this time frame. Now you want us to forget about this and stick to whatever plan that you're going to come up with tomorrow, which you're going to change again, give yourself more padding time. But yes, we got to keep holding them accountable because the more that we do speak against them, it's not like we, not like how we used to do politics back in the days where it was like, it was forbidden to speak against your president or your leader. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, Oh no, Joe Biden didn't do what he said he was going to do. And this is what he said he was going to do. And this is where he's now he's turning back his words and we're calling him out. And now people are being more educated and now they're holding them accountable. So you're you're 100 percent right. Ben, ben, what were you going to get in there? Oh, I I don't even remember what I was getting going to say. I was <laughs> I was listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> carry on. But, <laughs> you know, carry on. But Re- Rebecca, uh, there's one thing that I'm, I'm happy about that I am starting to see no let up. And the you know, the with all the voter suppression that we're having here in Texas, Georgia, North Dakota and these other places, I I tell you what I'm starting to see from some of the feelers that I get. And that is, um, yeah, we want to fight voter suppression. But you know what is the thing? You know, you remember with a kid, you told him not to put your hands on something. And because you told him not to put your hands on something, they that's what they want to do. Right. And I think I think these guys overplayed their hands. And I think right now that uh, we are going to see. Uh, you know, 2018 is going to look like a joke compared to what we're going to see for 2022. And uh, what we, I think, progressives have to do is make sure to get our candidates in because we need to make sure that Joe Manchin and Cinema are not the people that we have to the lowest common denominator, which is Republican policy. We need to have people who are going to be there pushing our policies and there are a lot of those out there now a lot of them out there and i think as long as we start supporting those and bringing those in we're going to be okay we're not going to be okay maybe by 2022 but we're going to be okay if we step up and do what we need to do ben nah i that's it that's that on that well, speaking of Joe Manchin, though, um, we have AOC who recently spoke out um, slamming the filibuster. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was calling out um, Joe Manchin and speaking directly to him and being somebody in, in the Democratic Party. I mean, like what we were just talking about, it's going to be up to us to call out these people, especially when you're sharing the space with these people. And, you know, you have the opportunity to speak against them and not be afraid. And this is what AOC recently did. Let's take a look. Well, no, Democrats have three votes to spare in the House. So if the White House comes to you, if Democratic leaders come to you and say, this is the best you're going to get right now, would you and fellow progressives still say no to this? Well, I think the thing is, is that this isn't the best that we can get. And I do think that we need to talk about the elephant in the room, uh, which is Senate Democrats, which are blocking crucial items in a democratic agenda um, for very, I think, uh, for reasons that I don't think hold a lot of water. And for folks saying, okay, you know, we need, where are you going to get these 50 votes? I think we really need to start asking some of these democratic senators where they plan on getting 60 votes. Um, These 10 Republican senators that there's a theory that we're going to get support for that out there. 
I think is, is, is a claim that doesn't really hold water, particularly when we can't even get uh, 10 senators to support a January 6th commission. Yeah, no, I hear and you so generally I think that the speaking, argument that we but on this particular bill, they have five. And, you know, my understanding is that it is possible if everything comes together, they could get 10. So just on infrastructure. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, I think then the question that we have to make is that there's a fork in the road, which is, do we settle for much less and an infrastructure package that has been largely designed by Republicans um, in order to get 60 votes? Or can we really transform this country, create millions of union jobs, revamp our power grid, get people's uh, you know, bridges fixed and schools rebuilt with 51 or 50 uh, Democratic votes. And I think the argument that we need to make here is that it's worth going it alone if we can do mm. more for working people in this country. You know, with 50 votes, we have the potential to lower the age of Medicare eligibility so that more people can be covered and guaranteed to their right to health care, as opposed to, you know, 60 votes where we do very, very little. And the scope of that is defined by a Republican minority that has not been elected to lead. So mm. I think that's very important what she said, right? It's like she said, let's go in alone. We don't want to add on the people like the Joe Mansons and the Kirsten Cinemas and everyone else uh, who is following them, who claim to be uh, in the Democratic Party and for the people. We don't want to add them on anymore because when we do, it's problematic. They're the ones that are that hold the party mm. back from doing what needs to be done for people, right? From getting the people what they need, uh, whether that's Medicare for all or any other, um, you know, ideas and, uh, uh, um, you know, things that they want to put in place that benefit people um, instead of um, bring us more apart. And that is what the Kirsten Cinemas and the Joe Mansons are put in place to do because they say they represent something that's supposed to represent what AOC represents, right? Yet they have these ideals and these ways that benefit the Republican Party. So what she's saying to me is really on point. What's your take on it, Egberto? You know, Rebecca, let me tell you what, what I am very concerned about. Narrative, narrative, narrative. Um, we have all the numbers in favor of progressives right now. If you do all the polls for the voting, uh, the, uh, v, the S1 bill, the voting bill, uh, 70% support, including inside of West Virginia. If we take a look at Medicare for All, 65% support. If we take a look at Family Leave, all these things have true bipartisan support, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the one part of the, when I saw AOC and I was watching her on CNN, I was in the screen pulling strings, saying, please say this, please say this, please say this, please say that most Americans support what we want. Please say that what mm. these guys are, uh, that it's not bipartisan to go with what Republicans want in Congress now. That is anti-bipartisan. Mm -hmm. What the Republicans are asking for, what the Democrats are asking for, what the people are asking for, including their constituents. Mm. And we are not saying that. We are just saying we're trying to be bipartisan. We are not trying to be bipartisan. We are trying to be by Republican. Mm. You know? Come on. Come on, man. That's, That's good. That's a word. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about even the way they're framing it, fighting back is a poor. They, they're, they're really good at, um, <clears throat> which begs a question. Are they doing this on purpose? 
Oh my God, Ben, why did you say that? Because I actually said that when we talk about the establishment, many times we talk about the establishment Democrats and the establishment Republicans. There is no establishment Democrats and their establishment Republicans. There is the left, there's the establishment, and then there's the right. Yeah. That is what we have in this country, and they protect each other. In other words, the establishment Democrats protect the establishment Republicans. And what we have to start doing is pointing that out because we have to peel, in my opinion, that is, we have to peel off the the marginal establishment Democrats onto our side and the marginal Republican. And believe it, there is a the the numbers say there is a coalition to be had between even some not in the establishment but on the right of the establishment for some of the policies that we actually support and want. Mm. So it it's it's not as though some of the people who are on the left have the wrong diagnosis. It is right. one it is one party. Yes. Right? Yes. Um but the solutions that they're offering aren't really the solutions to fixing this. Like let's just, you know, forcing the vote would not fix the problem that we have right now that is not only a a barrier to 15 an hour it's a barrier to medicare for all it's a barrier to voting rights um so what is the strategy how do we actually get something done well i think what happens is that um the, the play has always been the left will come along and for the people on the right the right will come along. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to feel some short-term pain. I think we got enough policy to get some of us over the hump. Um, I was on a, a program uh, and I told the person, I don't remember exactly which one, and I said, you know, there are people that are doing so bad. The reason why they don't vote is because they say, um, you know, uh, whenever we vote, yes, we support that bulk of the people in the middle. But in reality, things are always bad for us so whether it's the left or the right in control it doesn't matter so i think in the short term we may need to feel some pain in other words say no we're simply not going to go for it and Mm -hmm. then enough of us like your program and look we're not going to get the mainstream media but guess what we have we have your show we have many others like that i think in the long run we're going to have to establish a cohesive coalition that puts out a message so that if you're listening to uh, the Benjamin Dixon show, if you're listening to Politics and Right, if you're listening to TYT, if you're listening to all these other platforms, you're hearing the same, uh, you're, you're hearing the mm-hmm. same message. And mm-hmm. that message being um, uh, 2022 will determine the future of this country because finally we're going to have people who are representative of the policies we want. I mean, we, we're not going to put it in a carny way that I said it. I mean, I'm pretty sure, Rebecca, and you can do a, a much better job. <laughs> exactly. in, it in, corny, in, what you're saying is right on point. Yeah, it doesn't need I'm, to be padded. Yeah. It doesn't need to be extra. But that is a point that people need to understand that 2022 is just tomorrow. Right. And if we need to really realize and hone in on Who is going to take these seats? Like, it's a very important time for us to really look at who our leaders are and who we can get out of here and who we can replace them with. Can I can I say one thing? Because and and I think this is important, right? If Biden, if if we run away from uh, making a, a, a deal. Because we said it's just not good enough. The me- the mainstream media is going to spin it as a loss and that for some reason then Republicans who wanted less should take over. 
I yeah. think that is a message we have to be prepared to go ahead and go against. No, it failed because those on the right didn't want policies for people. And then we go out and tell them what policies we're providing to mm. them that's going to help them bread and butter around that table and for jobs. But, Egberto, that, I mean, this is the same game we've been playing with these fools for the last, you know, since yes. the inception of this country. Yes. Right? There have been always been poor white people who have, who should have had more in common with black folks than they ever had with the, uh, with the, with the rich, with their arist- arist- aristocracy class. Right? Um, but, but they are more determined to hang on to their racism than they are um, having any real solidarity with black, because the policies that they don't want are policies that are going to help black people. And it, because it is, this is why they fight so hard against critical race theory. Mm-hmm. It's why they fight so hard against, you know, they, they're going to fight doubly hard against Medicare for all. It's not just because they're against the idea of privatized healthcare, but deeply rooted in this country. They don't want to do anything for black folks here. The, the thing about <laughs> it is uh, I, we make, you know, um, there's a economist and this is going to come over wrong to some of my black brothers and sisters. But this economist said the white white is a new black. And uh, and when he said that, it raised a hell of a lot of hell. Right. Because how dare you put these poor, you know, poor white people in this going through the same pains that black folk has gone through. I mean, there's some issues that uh, with, with, with the statement. But I tell you what. I treat racism as a disease because it is. I treat it as an illness, right? <laughs> and in treating it as an illness, um, you know, uh, Ben, sometimes sometimes chemotherapy works and sometimes chemotherapy doesn't work. Right, uh, right now, the, 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 the capitalism has hit so far the fan. If you talk to guys like Richard uh, Wolf, Wolf and these guys, right. you see that it is so dysfunctional now that, uh, look, uh, you can be the biggest racist on the planet, but if you're starving and things continue to get worse, <laughs> you're in the foxhole with a brother. Guess what happens? You know, I mean, so <laughs> I am uh, like I tell people, I'm not looking. I'm not trying. Like I live in a very red area. I'm not trying to get people, or, or, and and where there are quite a few racists as well. I'm not trying to get you to love me. I'm just trying to get you to vote for your interests in, mm. uh, but see that in voting for your interests, somehow you're not, you ain't doing me a favor. You're doing mm. you a favor. So, I mean, we have to try different techniques, right? And I, all of us don't have the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I've been trying all kinds of techniques and seeing what, what actually works with some, you, you see my show, I get a whole lot of conservatives that come on and yeah. fight yeah. to the T, but every now and then you have, you have that breakthrough and, if you break through to one, that one is going to break through to a few others. And we don't need them all. That's the thing. They're doing the Lord's work. Yeah. I don't know about that. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no you're, doing, you're doing good it. work. It's the Lord's work. Okay. It's, 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 it's the work, Lord's yeah. work. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's something that's helping us here. Whatever. The universe, whoever. It's good work. Okay. It's good work. Hey, I like that. Whoever, whoever, whoever. I like that accent, man. Whoever. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Get you two together. It's it's it's, it's an accident frenzy around here. It's an frenzy. Because <laughs> they look at us and they don't expect. And then Exeterco yeah. opens his mouth and they're like, "What? What the hell is that?" You know, I get it. I'm right here with you. I get it. So, but it was definitely good having you on this morning. You know, well, you know, we would have loved to keep you forever and ever. So you're definitely coming back because you're our best friend to the show. You're like our cousin to the show. You know, and you know who- I love, you know, I love your show because I think you guys are young, you're active, you're doing stuff. 
that is all the things that we need because that's what's going to change the country, my friends. That is what's going to do it. You guys going to do it. Thank you. And then having you Thank guys you, as well, because I don't know, you know, I don't want to call you not young because to be you're still young and fresh. Okay? Yeah, we're young, man. We're young. <laughs> yeah, we're young. So even the people, anybody who's doing the work in this space, you guys are assisting us, paving the road for us to do what we need to do. And you're definitely getting in there and getting in those others face, the opposition space head on. So that's the best part of it. So continue to do what you do and we will see you again, my friend. Thank you so kindly. Y'all have a wonderful day. It was an honor being with you. Thank you. Pleasure was ours. I simply love Rebecca and Ben and DJ Triple X. You know, we we have a lot of fun when I'm on their show. I did that, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before. Uh, The day before, I I, I think I did that. Um, Listen, it is important that we unite a lot of the different progressive media sources together and put all of this out together because the mainstream media, as you can see what they did, hey, Maywood from California, welcome aboard. You see what they did to Biden today. Even CNN, you can't trust any of them because they're doing the corporate. There, there's a story that I want to tell you guys about. Um, and you know, who knows about Project Veritas? Project Veritas is a, is a down-low scoundrel guy who goes around and he tries to get uh, uh, liberals or whatever to make mistakes on camera. And then they, they come across and they put it on the news and try to discredit you. They actually were responsible for a very important organization falling apart. I can't remember the name of the organization um, uh, but anyway, uh, and, and it was on false pretenses is how they edit the stuff and that sort of stuff. But anyhow, there's one thing I want to talk about because in as much as I don't like what they do, on here in Houston, Project Veritas actually did one good thing. And this is a story in Houston. There's this reporter. Her name is Ivory Hecker. Acorn. Acorn. That's the name of it. Acorn. They destroyed Acorn. But there's this reporter uh, called, her name is Ivory Hecker. And what she did is they wanted, you know, she wanted to, you could see that what they wanted to do is put some anti-vax stuff in. And the Fox News and 26 didn't do it. Uh, But what she did, they don't know that they're helping the left side or or helping what we talk about, the mainstream media, but they did. Um, She taped her boss, the manager. And what she found out is two things. The manager said, I am not playing anything about Bitcoin at 5 o'clock because poor black people are watching Fox News at 5 o'clock and that we won't hold our audience by doing that. That's number one. But the most important thing that I got out of that Project Veritas report, why I tell everybody you must listen to everything. I am not going to promote Project Veritas because they're liars, right? But if I can use Project Veritas to uh, some of the reporting that they do or I can extract some of the reporting that they do, verify it and validate it, I'm going to use it. They did it because they did something that very few people did in this case. This girl went ahead and taped her manager saying, uh, the reason we won't put these things on air is that our advertisers won't like it. And that was what was so important. That was what so important. 
Eric Hayes says, Kron says was not too strong what she's had. Um, look, of course Fox is going to say it's not. I mean, of course they're going to say it's not too strong. Because what she did there is she told the unfortunate truth about what occurs with producers at mainstream media. We are not going to play that program because it affects our, our bottom line. We're not going to play that story because our advertisers will get mad. We won't tell the truth. So that is what came out of there. Now you're going to say, well, Cron, Cron destroyed Veritas. I was happy to see the Houston Chronicle destroy Veritas. Veritas is a terrible organization, Project Veritas. But what that reporter did by t- explaining what the mainstream media does, which means they not only lie, but they hold back stories or change stories to suit the people who are paying the bill. That's what it's all about. I'm talking about people who are paying the bill. When it comes to politics done right, this is your show. And the people that I owe allegiance to are not uh, advertisers. The people that I owe allegiance to is the reason I became an activist. You! So what I want to ask you is if you are on YouTube, please become a subscriber. Allow us to do what we do best. Please go ahead and click that join button and become a part of our family. Please join us. And if you don't see that button to join us, if you're on some other network or if you're listening to us on podcasts, please go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. That is politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube to become a member of our PDR Posse. You can also go ahead and get our PDR Posse cups designed completely and entirely by the one and only Bridge MCP, the leader of our PDR Posse, that we're going to get up and run in some time, but it's me only and I need help. But please, if you guys can get me to 1,000 subscribers on uh, YouTube, that's the PDR Posse, and 1,000 subscribers on Patreon, I'll be able to afford some help. So please join Patreon as well. Politicsandright.com slash Patreon or politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Join one or the other or both. It doesn't matter. It will help. Uh, likewise, you can support us by purchasing at our store. Uh, politicsandright.com slash store. Politicsandright.com slash store. You can get T-shirts, bumper stickers, all that good stuff. If you buy the books from the store, I'll include this with the books as well when I sign it and send it to you. Alternatively, if you want to buy the books directly from Amazon, just go to politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. But again, folks, we cannot do this without you. So if you have the wherewithal, please click that join button on YouTube or go ahead and go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Or you can also give us a super chat. Click on that dollar sign on our YouTube channel. Give us a super chat, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, let me start talking to you all. I had to talk about the. I have a link in our blog post to that story about the wealthy that uh, also um, Michael Rudnan was talking about. I don't want to talk about it now until I answer some of the things that I see you have in the feed here. If we finish here, we'll go to it. But for now, let's just go ahead and do this. Um, Egberto, after the interview, can you put this on the screen? Well, let me see if I have one before that. We need more progressive Congress and local governments. Absolutely so. Bridge MCP says, what the pandemic did was to show the people who may normally not pay attention just how, what is going on. The people rose up, BLM, voting, etc. You're so right. 2022 will be even bigger because I think people are more in tuned now. I agree. And that's the reason I did that piece when I said, stop being negative. Let's have faith in people. 
let's make sure, let's make sure that people go out there and vote. If you have to take somebody to vote, take somebody to vote. All right, Michael Rudnan wants this on the screen. Uh, let me put it on the screen for Mr. Rudnan. I think if he's going to go out there and find stuff, the least we can do is make sure that that stuff gets out there. More than 8 in 10 Americans get news from digital devices. Yes, they do. Okay, it's on the screen for Michael Rudnan. Uh, you can read that now. Michael, let's see. This is how progressives win election. We subvert the need of the mainstream media access. Michael. You heard me talk to Benjamin Dixon about that, didn't you? That's what I'm talking about. I want to get more of us together. The problem with a lot of people on the left is the left has some issues of working together. It's like, I don't have a problem. I'm on a, In fact, I, I, I got uh, Rebecca on an interview today. I'm going to play it either tomorrow or the day after. I want to uplift anybody on the progressive side, young, old, whatever, I want to make sure that they have a hearing. I want us to grow our informational base. In other words, those of us that are informing, we have to compete against a neoliberal media or a, prog- or, or a conservative media, either neoliberal or conservative. I want to make sure that we can be out there doing the right thing. E224 said, that was great. Ben Dixon and Rebecca Azer and... Egberto show. Thank you so kindly, guy. Repair from a day. Repeat from a day ago. That is what I did. It. I didn't play it for politics and right though. Um, Bridge MCP. Maywood says hello from Long Beach. Hello, Bridge. Uh, June fourteenth on the yeah. That's when it was. All right. Let's see. Project Veritas lying scumbags. Yeah, they lie a lot and they destroyed Acorn. Uh, let's see. Linda Joe Kissinger says Project Veritas has also faked video. And change people's words all the time they do that. The difference here is this. Uh, she had the video of the woman speaking. And the, uh, and they nobody actually said the video was cooked. In other words, the, the, the audio that they had from the manager. All right, Kron was not too strong. I won't read that. Let's see. Hey, Eric Hayes says, Kron is a left-wing paper. What? Are you crazy? The Chronicle is nowhere even close to left wing. Uh, what happens? Well, I'm not going to go there. Uh, e2247 says Russian rank and file citizenry refusing to take Sputnik vaccine. They don't trust Putin who promotes that vaccine. True. I can understand why. Eric Hayes says need more people to tell the truth and not narrative. Uh, so when did the truth and narrative went? Look. A narrative is something that explains something else. If I just go ahead and say water is H2O, that's a fact. If I say water is H2O, something, and if we want to, uh, and what we can do is use electrolysis to dismember water into hydrogen and oxygen, or if we have hydrogen and oxygen, we can burn the hydrogen and the byproduct will be heat and water. That's a narrative. I've given a narrative around water that gives a better appreciation of water, H2O. A lot of things, in it needs narrative. I can come out here and I can tell you the marginal propensity to consume of poor people is larger than that of rich people. And that's a complete statement and it says everything. But if I want most people to understand that statement, I would have to say the marginal propensity to consume of poor people is greater than rich people. And that is the reason why we need to give 
tax breaks and, and, and basic income to poor people. What does marginal propensity to consume means? It means that if you, for every additional dollar, will you spend it or save it? A rich person, the marginal propensity they will have is to save that dollar. The marginal propensity to consume of the poor person is to spend that dollar. When that dollar is spent, you get more economic activity. That's a narrative. And the reason you have a narrative is to, te- to explain what you're trying to say. Now, narratives can be truthful or narratives can lie. I give truthful narratives to explain otherwise sometimes difficult, uh, difficult statements. The right uses narratives to lie to you and to give you a false belief. A, a good narrative on the right would be uh, if, you, if, we give, if you get uh, Medicare for all, you lose all you you lose the ability to have your own doctor and how is that and and they are going to choose the medicines for you that's a false narrative that is a true narrative for private health care private health care they tell you what doctor you can go to they tell you what medicines you can have and all these other things so the the right gives you a lion narrative some people choose to believe the lion narrative of the right when I tell you a narrative, as you can see, and I always like to put my little bragging stuff up here, right-wing narrative from OAN, low, low, uh, from Fox News, what is it? Low, from Newsmax, low, from Politics Done Right, high. Okay? Enough said. Enough said. Those of you who get your sources from Fox News, Newsmax, or OAN, the narrative is a lying narrative. If you're coming to uh, the Ben Dixon show, if you're coming to EgbertoWillis.com, Politics Done Right, you get the truth. That's, it, it, you know, that's just how it is. Yes, Projects Varitas is a nonprofit. Just about anything can be a nonprofit. Maka Rodin says, New York Times is left. That's a joke. How can you be the left when you supported a war? Thank you very much for making that point, Rodin. No, Eric, New York Times is not a left lingo paper either. Some H2O is made with deuterium and even some made with tritium. Yeah, it's called heavy water, though. When it's made with deuterium, it actually is H3O, I believe, and that is heavy water used in nuclear reactions to slow down the nutrients that are going to hit the core. Uh, Eric Hayes says, replying to Maywood, huh, not sure. Okay, let's see. Maywood says, it might be somewhat liberal, but it certainly is not left-wing. All too often, the far-right conservatives believe anything that tells a different story of theirs must be left. Yeah, that's what happens, but that is what they are taught. That's what I tolerate. That's why I have tolerance for folks on the right. The reason why is I understand the truth. And some people say, well, you mean your truth. No, I mean fact-based truth. Fact-based truth, that's all. And, but I understand if you, you see, what the right has been successful in doing is they first detach you from the things that had value. They detach you from government. In other words, they, want, they, they, they instill in your mind that government is evil. But they forget to tell you that government is only as evil as you make it because government is we the people. So they they create that detachment from government. And the reason they had to create that detachment from government is that the the wealthy people who are controlling the minds of the people on the right have to have a reason to detach government so that 
they won't support good government that ultimately is going to force them to pay their fair share in taxes and prevent them from stealing, prevent them from pilfering everything that you have. All explained well in How to Make America Utopia. Yeah, I got to plug my book every so often, guys. I got to survive. Okay, Berto, the nuclear engineer teaching us all on the show. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I believe it or not, I worked on a nuclear reactor at the University of Texas in Taylor Hall. We had our own nuclear reactor. I actually flipped the switch one time to turn on that reactor, and it was amazing. We had that reactor underwater, and you could see all the, the ultraviolet uh, light that the, when the neutrons started hitting the water, what it looked like. Uh, I'm an engineer by training, guys. That's, that's what happened. And, and the engineer still lives in me. And as much as I've always been a political animal, the engineering still lives in me. E2247, I learned a lot from Egberto. Thank you so kindly. He's an excellent teacher. You, 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 you guys are so kind. Really, you are. Scary story, Egberto. Actually, I really turned on the nuclear reactor it, at Taylor Hall at the University of Texas in Austin. And, you know, just check it out. Taylor Hall is where we had it. Let's get a more nuclear in Texas for the grid. No more nuclear in Texas is needed. Texas has enough wind. Texas has enough solar. And Texas have enough area to create a back-in store for the solar and wind whenever the wind is not blowing and whenever the sun is not out. What we have to start teaching the lies. Remember, I talk about narrative. I'm going to go over by one minute because you opened the door for me to say something important, Eric Hayes. The way the right tries to tell you that you can't use renewables is that what are you going to do when the sun is not shining? What are you going to do when the wind is not blowing? When that has no narrative, when the wind is not blowing, when the sun is not out, you don't have any electricity. And they make that, that's the end of the story for the right. The end of the story for people who think, people who allow the correct narrative is the following. If you take solar energy, and wind energy. And while they're blowing, more than likely you are producing more energy than you can use. Right now, you know what we do? Drive through the desert and you see half of those windmills are not spinning. You see some spinning, but most of them are not spinning. We can make sure that all of them are spinning. And the electricity that we're not using while we turn them off, we actually use it to do something like pump water into a higher level or pump electricity into battery bases, right? So there are two ways for back-in-store. Back-in-store simply means how do we save electricity so that when the wind is not blowing or the sun is not shining, we still have electricity in reserve? The answer is a dam, right? Let's give another example. Right now, uh, the Colorado is uh, the Me Lake Mead is running out of water, right? And uh, but we have a whole lot of wind still blowing in these areas, right? If we wanted real investment in if infrastructure, right, what would we do? The Colorado, the water goes down the Colorado and then it goes ahead and goes through the turbines. We could use, we could line that area with windmills and solar that are actually running pumps. And the water that drops down and get the generators running in the Colorado, we then pump that water with free energy back up into the Colorado. So that Colorado is getting back 
a lot of the water that it's using to generate electricity. What is that? That is called a back-in store. Because when we pump that water back up into the Colorado, what does it mean? It means that we are generating. And why, why would we do that? There are other things that we could do, right? If we're aligned with, with if we line the wind with power, while 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 there is light power, we could cut the turbines off in the in in the uh, in the dam, and simply pump the extra excess water, get electricity from the wind, and the excess from the wind pump the water back into the Colorado lakes, and there we have our back-end store. Evaporation will always happen. What you have to talk about is not just evaporation, but the rate of evaporation versus the rate of replenishment. And the rate of replenishment is always, or most of the times, much higher than evaporation. Because remember, evaporation occurs at the surface, and then you have meters of actual water at a temperature that is below the vapor pressure of water. That is, that is what happens. Anyhow, I got to get out of here. Folks, please remember, support us. Go to our Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon, politicsandright.com slash Patreon. Support us. Become a YouTube subscriber, politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Go to our books, politicsandright.com slash books, politicsandright.com slash books. I know you could be anywhere. I want to thank you so kindly for being a part of our show. For, please remember to share it, share it, share it, and tell other people about the show, and tell them to try to come during the real time. Because if we get more real time viewers, we'll have more people sharing in real time as well. Thank you so kindly. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.